It's time to pull up a chair and open your Bible for today's Bible study segment of Naomi's Table. Now, here's our teacher, Ruth Christian. Good afternoon again. Good to be with you. And what we're going to do now is take two days, really, to go through the rest of chapter four, but the theme is pretty much the same theme. Love is God love. So as I mentioned last time, John takes us deeper into a study of love. And we see that, or at least we're going to see, that this is a perfect love. Previously, in this letter, John gave us the truth about love for the brethren, is proof that we have fellowship with God, and then the proof of love, about love, shows us that we have the sonship of God. Now, John gets down to the very foundation of the matter. Here we discover why love is such an important part of the life that is real. As we read these verses, it's not hard to figure out what they say. But for this lesson, we'll consider some word meanings in the Greek and cross-references to glean a deeper meaning from the verses to gain more insight as to what's being said. So let's begin. Verses 7 and 8 we'll start with. Um, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. John begins by exhorting his beloved and us to love one another. Why? Because God is love, and when we're born again, the life of God takes up residence in us, through fellowship, our abiding in him, so as to share this common life with him and others, we love one another. In the context here and throughout this letter, it means we love, he's really talking about loving others in the family of God. And then 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9 tells us this. Now concerning brotherly love, this is Paul speaking to those in the church there. He says, Concerning this brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. So Paul was commending them because they were doing that. What does that mean? God teaches us through the written word and the life within us in the person of the Holy Spirit. We, by faith, choose to take him at his word and do what? Walk in love. And we see we can do it. You know, we take that first step, step, he enables us, and we see we can do it. We see the effects then that it has in the lives of others. God's love is not a love the world knows. Much that's called love in modern society bears no resemblance or relationship to the holy spiritual love of God. We need to remember God is love and God is light. Therefore, his love is a holy love, and his holiness is expressed in love. All that God does expresses all that God is. Even his judgments are measured out in love and mercy. And check out Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. When John says God is love, and he is, we need to keep in mind all his other attributes, like the fact that he's holy and he's just. Much false teaching um, just concentrates on the fact that God is love. And we have that right now going on in the church. 
and it's taught at the expense of everything else that God is, and that's wrong. That's error. So true believers are to love. And here we see know and known uh, in this chapter several times in these verses. And the word here is the one we've had before, gnosko. So he's talking about experiential knowledge. So to paraphrase verse 8, we would say the person who does not have this divine kind of love has never entered into a personal experiential knowledge of God. What she knows, in other words, is in her head, possibly, but it has never gotten into her heart. Now, verse 9, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. How was God's love revealed to us? Well, Romans 5, 8. I love this verse. But God shows us his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He revealed his love on the cross when we were still enemies. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. And John 15.13 says this, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So we see God's love is sacrificial love a love given whether the recipient deserves it or not. And it's a holy love. He died to take care of the sin issue so we could have a relationship with a holy God. In verses 10 and 11, John says this, And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Christian love is a special kind of love. This verse could be translated this way. In this way is seen the true love. And this is true. There's a false love, and this kind of love God must reject. Love that is born out of the very essence of God must be spiritual and holy because God is spirit and God is light. This true love is poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. If God loved us in such manner, then verse 11 tells us, we ought to love one another in the same manner. Now in verses 12 through 16, the key word is abide. You know, it's been a key word throughout this whole letter. But here in these verses, it's used six times. Verse 12, he says, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. And then 15 and 16, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. A lot of abiding going on in those verses. In a nutshell, here's what these verses are saying to us. 
And it's very, very important. God is invisible. True. First Timothy chapter one, verse 17. And no man can see him in his essence. But Jesus, the image of the invisible God, Colossians chapter one, verse 15, um, has taken on himself a human body. Jesus was able to reveal God to us, but Jesus is no longer here on earth. How then does God reveal himself to the world is the question. Well, he reveals himself through the lives of his children. And we're talking to the world, the world that we, we see him in the scriptures, but the world doesn't read the scriptures. So for the world, they have to see it through our lives. People cannot see God, but they can see us. If we abide in Christ, they will see the life of Christ in us and we will love one another. And our love for one another will reveal God's love to a needy world. God's love is experienced in us and then is expressed through us. We have to ask ourselves, what do those around me see? You know, take this on a personal level. When they see me, what do they see? We will continue with these verses and the rest of the chapter next time. But... In closing, today, let's just take a moment and dwell on the truth of verse 16 in light of the sovereignty of God. Because God is sovereign, in control of all things. Nothing can happen without his knowledge or permission. But it is so important to know and understand that the God who holds me in his sovereign hand is a God of love. With that understanding... I hope you revel in the wonderful truth of 1 John 4.16. And a good way to do that is to personalize it. In other words, and I have, when, when we read it, put you in it. And I have known and believed the love that God has for me. God is love. And when I abide in love, I abide in God. And God abides in me. Do you see that no matter what happens in your life, in your family's life, in your nation, you can rejoice in the God of your salvation? As Bible teacher K. Arthur often says, everything that comes into your life is filtered through his fingers of love. I know this message is for someone, specifically for some of you out there listening today. So take it to heart. Until next time, precious sisters, stay close to Jesus and keep looking up.